with the message. Tonight, I would love to talk to you about uh, setting up the table for success. Setting the table for success. And uh, I guess I should introduce myself. Some of you may not know who I am. My name is Matt Bullen. I'm the associate pastor here at the church. I'm stepping in for Pastor Stormy tonight. He is uh, enjoying a little time of relaxation. And, uh, well, he's spending, uh, spending some good time with the fairways and the greens. So that's a great place for him to be right now. And so he'll be back with us on Sunday. And uh, we'll love to have him. Pray that he just continues to relax down there and has a good time. I know I talked to him the other day, and he said he's having a fun time down there. He's, he's playing golf against his brother from Clovis, the church over in Clovis, and he's beating him. So, hey, that's always a good thing. So he's thumbs up right now. So um, definitely be praying for him on that, and uh, we'll see him on Sunday. So tonight, I want to uh, really drive home one point. If you walk away from anything tonight, if somebody says, hey, you went to church, what did you learn about? This would be the thing that I hope you get. First of all, God wants us to understand something. God wants success out of every one of us. He wants success because he helps us in that area. He nudges us to go forward. And so this is the goal that we should have. Our goal should be that every place we go is better off when we leave than when we got there. Another way to understand that may be this. Another Uh, Another way to understand is that every place we should go should be blessed to have us for whatever time that is that you're there. If that's people, or if that's a restaurant, or if that's a business, or if, you know, a place you stay, we always want to go in and make that place that much better. And so I think with that heart and that mindset, we understand what it means to have success through God. And so with that in mind, Let's pray again, if we would, bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to come into your house tonight. I thank you for the word that you've given, and Lord, I pray and ask that you would help me to speak this message tonight with simplicity and clarity. Father, to drive home the points that you want driven home. And Father, that you would give me illustrations and points throughout the message to just help enhance those. And so, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for open hearts and open ears to receive your word tonight, Father. Teach us, lead us, and guide us, Father. We acknowledge you in all our ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, two verses. First one, Colossians 3.23 is where we're going to go. And then the second verse is going to be Ephesians chapter 6. They should be real close to each other. If they're not real close to your, each other, you didn't get a very good Bible. We'll, uh, we'll need to fix that in there. So, um, But... Success is a great word, and I think success gets defined in different ways for different people. Sometimes we think success is being very financially rich or, or uh, very financially blessed. Um, sometimes we think success is a, a good job. Sometimes success is just having a great family. And, and I think success can be defined in so many different areas. I think we can shoot for a successful day every single day. I think we can shoot for, that was a successful meeting. You may walk out and say those things. And I think there's opportunity for success in everything that we do. And the thing that I found out about success, it's all about how I look at it. I may fail, but overall may be a success. And that's because I may learn something that I didn't know before. I may step forward and realize that if I take one more step forward, I may fall on my face. Okay, well, success is I'm not going to do that the next time and hurt myself. That may be a fail in the beginning, but it's success in the end. And that's what God talks about, is that when we honor God and we keep our mindset on him, he says that we're going to be successful in everything we do. 
Colossians 3.23, this is out of the New International Version. And I'm going to read out of two versions tonight, mostly is NIV, the New International Version, and the Message. So they'll be up on the screen here to follow also. It says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your hearts, with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. I think about this verse and I think how God specifically set this. If you do anything, do it unto the Lord. Let your audience, the one who is watching you, let it be the Lord. You know, if you've ever been a boss before or maybe you've worked for a boss, then you know what it's like when they come around, productivity goes up. When they step away, productivity goes down. And and that's what a lot of people do. That's human nature because some of us just are are not motivated the right way. But I I want to ask you this question. What if you realize God was standing there watching you the whole time? that you're representing him, that your shirt may say, you know, whatever, whatever company you work for, but overall it really says, I'm a Christian. I am Christ-like. So what am I portraying to other people? And, and I think when we think about it that way and we say, you know, I've got eight hours that I'm putting in at work today. That's eight hours of productivity that I can put towards honoring God. If I keep my mind set on him, guess what? I, I guarantee you, you ask anybody who's a boss in this place, If you work hard for eight hours, promotion's coming. Promotion is coming because God is going to promote you because you're doing what he's asked you to do. Do all things unto the Lord, not unto men. Now, that means when people are watching and that means when nobody is watching, you still got to put the same effort in because overall God is still there. And that's how you set the table for success. It's doing what God has asked us to do. Ephesians chapter 6 get there real quick. I forgot to turn. Ephesians chapter six, verses five through eight. I'm going to read this out of the message version. And it says this, it says, servants, respectfully obey your earthly masters. Now in this, it may talk about, you know, a slave servants, but overall think of it as this way, workers, bosses, managers, whatever position you're in right now, Christians, respectfully obey your earthly masters, your bosses, but always with an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what, Christ, what God wants you to do. And work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the order, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master, regardless of whether you're a slave or free. Understand this. When you have an option to put a, hard days work in or a lazy day, I think you come home after a hard day's work, you're like, man, I, I put in a lot of work today. I did a lot of things, man. I did this and I did this and I did this. I'll tell my wife about all the things I did and she'll tell me if I, I did this and I did this because I worked hard today. And we know that we honored God. And then there's days that maybe we didn't work as hard. Maybe there was just some other things that were distracting us and I didn't really do much today. So they ask, well, what'd you do today? Nothing, just went to work. And we're real quiet about it. And I think that if we put in a good hard day's worth of work, you see very quickly that God brings success back in our world because ultimately we're working for him. And the main thing about this is we don't know who we're speaking to with our work ethic. That's going to everybody who sees that. So they're looking at those people and saying, well, wow, man, we want those people. You know, one of my greatest hearts and desires is that, first of all, we should raise our standard. 
that no matter what, my standard should be set not by the boss that I should put in this much stuff or that I should try to do this much. But my standard should be set by God. That I'm going to put in everything I can today. And you know what? If I fail at that, maybe, maybe I got tired today. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep. Maybe I just didn't sleep very good. So I come in and I just didn't put in as much work. The first thing I do is I apologize. I'm going to do better tomorrow. I'm going to work harder tomorrow. I'm not going to allow that to be my standard anymore because I'm going to raise up and do more. I love one of the gentlemen who serves, uh, who, he's an incredible Christian and, and believes God for so much. He, he's got a dairy and pastors talked about him a lot. He's got a dairy out in Kansas. And I remember hearing a story about this. When he first moved to Kansas, he was producing, I think, four truckloads of milk, which was very high for dairies. He got in touch with this company that does all the milk and he can directly deliver to him. And he said, can, is there any way that you can somehow produce 12 truckloads? That's three times what he's doing right now. And he said, yeah, we'll do it. We'll get it done. Whatever it takes, we'll get it done. We'll get 12 truckloads. Within three months, he was producing 12 truckloads because he thought, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do whatever it takes and God's going to bless this. Watch what he's going to do. They came back to him recently and said, this is unheard of, but is there any way that you can somehow do 20? He said, yep, that's our next challenge. We're going there. And last I heard, he's not there yet, but he's close. He's close. When he first started, he was at four. Now he's producing almost 20 truckloads of milk. Now, for some of us, that doesn't really make sense, but I'm telling you this, is that when we put forth incredible effort, God says, I'll bless you. I'll take care of you, whether your boss sees you or not. Because sometimes we may think, okay, promotion is coming my way. There's a job opening. I'm going to move up to that position. I'm going to take that position. All of a sudden, interviews happen. We go through everything, and the promotion is given to somebody else. And we sit back and we wonder, God, I have worked hard. I've done everything you've asked. I've tithed. I've honored. I've, I've served. And yet this person who does none of that got a promotion ahead of me. Why? I can tell you story after story about people who felt that same way and within three months got an even better promotion because God had something bigger and better. Had they taken that job, they would have passed over for this other promotion that was greater than that one. Maybe we don't see what God's doing, but I'll tell you this, God sees it and God knows it. It's about trusting in those areas. As long as I keep doing what I'm supposed to do, God said he'll take care of us. The Bible says in Psalms 23, it says, your needs will be met, so therefore you shall not want. Everything will be taken care of if we'll just do what we need to do. Honoring God, simply what it comes down to. God never asks for us to be perfect. He just asks for us to be obedient. And that means sometimes repenting when we need to, asking for forgiveness. You know, the thing that I found out about forgiveness is this, is that we as humans, we, we forgive, but it's very hard to forget. And so I may hurt somebody's feelings or do something, and they may forgive me for that, but it takes years for them to forget that. And not only that, it takes even more years for me to forgive and forget what I've done. Because every time I look in the mirror, I see those mistakes I put out. But that's not the way that God is. God says, if you'll do what you're supposed to do, just trust me, rely on me, watch what I'll do. 
He'll set you up for success. He'll set you up for promotion. You may get let go of your job and wonder, what am I supposed to do? God will open another door and it'll be bigger and better than that door that you came out of. We've got to continue to keep our eyes focused on God and say, no matter what, I'm going to keep moving forward. No matter what circumstances are going on around me, it's not going to dictate my relationship with God. My relationship with God will dictate every circumstance in my life. It comes back to the standard that we set. And I'm telling you this, this is not to you, this is to me too. Because the standard has got to be set on God. No matter if it's high or low, we keep moving forward and trusting God. Because sometimes you're going to walk into a situation where you have been blindsided by something. One of the illustrations that God gave me as I was preparing this message. When I was a first grader, my brother was, my brother's two years older than me in school. He's about 18 months, but uh, he's two years older. And so he was a third grader and I was a first grader. And my dad always set the rules, you know, you get with your brother and then you guys walk home. That was just part of the rules. And so we did this. And so every day I would go walk down the hallway and I would go wait for him at his class. And he'd either meet me in the hallway or we'd be right there and we'd go out and we'd walk home. Well, one day I go walking down the hallway and I'm standing out there and I'm kind of waiting and, you know, I'm just like a kid sitting against the wall, you know, kind of leaning, doing this stuff. And I'm just waiting there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm watching all these people go and I'm watching all these people. All of a sudden the hallways get really empty and I'm still standing there going, where is he? And so I'm looking and I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm standing right next to his classroom. And I, my uncle who worked at the school came by. He said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm waiting for my brother. He said, oh, okay. He went into that classroom, came back out, and he said, oh, it's going to be a few more minutes. I was like, okay. Didn't know what was going on. Eventually, my brother comes out of the door. We go walking home. And I, I asked him, I said, well, why were you so late? What were you doing? His answer was nothing, nothing. Don't worry about it. It's nothing big, nothing big. So I'm like, okay. I didn't think anything of it. Well, that night, I sure found out what it was all about. My brother, don't know what he was thinking at this moment, but he somehow had a softball, and, the, and I mean a softball, not like a soft, squishy ball. I'm saying a softball, like you would hit, you would see, you know, girls play with, the, the guys play slow pitch, different things like that. He, there's a softball in the room, and for some reason, he gets the bright idea that I'm going to throw it across the room to my friend over on the other side in the middle of class. And so I'm like, you did what? Not only did he miss his friend, it hit off the window and cracked the window in half. And all these things happened. And I'm going, oh my gosh, you did what? I, I mean, I couldn't believe this. So a couple years passed by. And here I go for the first day of school into third grade. Not remembering what happened two years prior. And I go walking into this teacher's class. And the teacher goes, she starts the roll, and she goes down, and she says, you know, A's, and she's going down, and here I am, I'm a B, so I'm right up the top, and I remember my friend is Buffa, and then Bolin, and she goes, oh, no. That's not a good thing when you hear your name for the first time in a brand new class, and she, she you know, she's looking at the paper, and she's kind of going like this and like this, and she goes, you know, real slow, I mean, just death stare, like, Oh, no, you just see her face totally change. You know, happy first day of school till she saw my name. And I remember thinking, what? And she proceeded to hold me after class and tell me about the issue my brother gave her a couple of years prior to that. And I said, I am so sorry. I walked into that classroom 
thinking I was on cloud nine when really I was below like zero. I was as low as you possibly could go. And I remember thinking, and if you've ever had an older brother or sister who has maybe set the standard for you or your name prior to you going into that place, sometimes that's a high bar for me. I think I could have rolled over my bar. But, you know, it was not set real high. And I remember when I left that class, she came to me and she said, I can't believe that's your brother. And I said, I'll take that as a compliment. And I walked away. And I thought, this is the way things are. But, you know, what happened, her perspective changed totally as I kept proving who I was over and over and over and over again. Because guess what? When I walked in, she had a bad thought of who I was. And it happened many, 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 many more times after that. But my brother's a good guy now. Everything's great. You know, he's, you know, got some good things. He's a great guy. Um, But I had to fight through those things. I had a perception that was set about me before I ever got there. And sometimes that's what happens at work. That's what happens in our world is that sometimes people have a perception of who you are based on maybe what you're wearing, based on how you look, based on how you talk, based on something they've heard from other people. I could tell you story after story about all these things. And when I walked away, my goal was that they would say that was a better person than I gave them credit for. Because I wanted to over and over again. And it wasn't an act that I put forward. It was just who I was. And and that was my heart. I remember I, I never wanted to get in trouble. And so for those things to happen, I had to fight that. And sometimes that happens in our world, that people have a perception but that means you just stand up and do the right thing over and over and over and over and over again. I can guarantee you ask any boss that's in this place, somebody who's an owner of a company, all they're asking for is loyalty, integrity, and somebody who's going to work hard. You give me those three things, I'll give you a great worker. I will give you an incredible worker. And I will give you a worker that will get promoted again and again and again. Because I'll tell you this, every leader that is in this room, every leader wants to not walk this journey alone. They want to take people behind them and say, let me show you where we're going. I guarantee you, David Burns is sitting right here in the front. He owns his own company. I guarantee you, a guy comes up and he works hard after David. He does those things. He blesses David. David gets financially successful. I guarantee you, if it came to him, he'd hand the company to him because he knew the company would go into good hands. If that person would come and do those things, I guarantee you, your boss would do the same thing. If you'll do what is right now, Listen, don't look at your job and think it's, this is the job and it's so bad I'm going to live and I'm going to work as hard as that job is. No, you work as hard as God called you to work. You do those things, your promotion will come. You'll start from the lowest and work to the highest. One of the smartest men I've heard more about was a gentleman, uh, his name was Rick Robillard. He, he grew up in Clovis. He started working as a cashier in a McDonald's. Recently, he sold I think he owned 10 of them or eight of them, some eight to 10 McDonald's. He owned them. He didn't rent those. He didn't manage those. He owned them. He went from a cashier to owning those things. And I've had multiple people tell me that is one of the smartest men in business they've ever found, but you'd never know it. Because guess what he does? He gets up every morning, he works hard. And he's enjoying those fruits. I'm going to tell you, God will bless. He'll bless you if you just work hard, do the right things. And watch what God will do. It's continual every day. You know, it doesn't matter how we come into the season. It's about how we leave and live during that season. It's those choices that we have. First Peter 2.12 out of the message says, live an exemplary, 
exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudice. They, then they will be won over to God's side and there will, they will be there to join the celebration when he arrives. Simply it comes down to this. Your actions are speaking volumes to somebody. They are talking to somebody. Maybe you work in retail. You're speaking to those customers that come into your area. Maybe you deliver things. Maybe, maybe you're in charge of uh, you know, uh, a teller line. Maybe you work wherever that is. You're speaking volumes to those people. Every time they see you, you're speaking something to them. And it's a choice that we have. Because I am telling you, these things right here, if you'll just do them, if you'll just honor God, God says, listen, I'll do everything else for you. I'll give you the opportunity to live this life and be blessed and share your testimony. God is looking for a great name for us to have a good name because the Bible says a good name is better than great riches. Full of integrity, full of honor. No matter what happens, we simply have to follow what God has. Hebrews chapter 12. If you can go there real quick, it's just to the right. Hebrews chapter 12. When we honor God, God will always honor us. Hebrews 12, 2. This is out of the message version. If you want to know how to work, if you want to set your standard, this is where you find it. This is what he's called us to do. Keep your eyes on Jesus with both the beginning and finish, with both beginning, begin and finish this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. God simply said this. He's saying Jesus kept his eyes on the prize. Nothing took him away from those things. You, you look at Jesus, no matter how tired he was, no matter how worn out he was, he never turned a person away. He always had time for someone. And I think about this because if we would do and have that same attitude, we wouldn't have to go to work with shame. We wouldn't have to do those things. We could just go with whole hearts and honor God. It's about choices that we have. You know, one of the things as I, I was preparing for this, one of the things that I face, and I realize every person in this room faces the same thing, is we have this little thing called emotions that run rampant sometimes on us. Sometimes maybe you get caught in a situation. Maybe you've planned something really hard. You know, you've done a lot of work on something. You take it to the boss and the boss says, that's awful, throws it out the window. Emotions may rise up and you, you, know, you may want to punch somebody. You, know, you, may, you may want to do those things. But that's where you come back and you honor God in those areas. Maybe you've worked really hard. Maybe you got caught in a situation that wasn't your fault. Your emotions may rise up. But that's where God says, push those emotions down and keep your eyes on me. Because ultimately, if you'll keep your eyes on me and remember that I'm standing right there with you watching everything that you do, you'll never have to justify what you do. You'll just have to say, this is, what, this is who I am. This is who I am. Listen, if you have to justify what you've done at work, then you should know right away it's wrong. That should be the first sign. I should never have to justify my work to anybody. I can explain it. I can back it up and I can explain why I did this. 
but I should never have to come with a defensive attitude that says I have to justify what I'm doing because then I'm really not honoring God. I was just trying to get away with what I was doing. It's about doing what God is seeing. Okay, it's right here. God's standing right there. I'm gonna put my best effort, my best foot forward. It's about trusting and doing the right thing. We've simply come through and we've got to ask God to keep us and our emotions down. God, give us grace and peace that we may live this day to the fullest and honor you with our choice words, with our actions, with everything that we do today. Let us be an example to you. Mold me, shape me, whatever it takes. Because I want to honor you today, God. That's simply from the heart. And you watch what God will do through patience and perseverance. Through patience and perseverance, you'll be able to prove who God really is in your life. It's about truly trusting him. Listen, when you go in and make a decision and do some things, you're you're making a name for yourself. You're making a name for those things. Uh, There's a disciple in the Bible, his name's Thomas. How do we know Thomas? Today, if you're to ask anybody, his name is Doubting Thomas. Why? Because one time in his life, one major thing happened. He doubted that Jesus really rose to heaven. Guess what his name is now? Doubting Thomas. Thomas also went on and evangelized millions of people, or or thousands of people at least. He was a great man of God. But how do we remember him? Doubting Thomas. Now let me ask you this question. How do they remember you at your last job? How are you known at your job right now? How do they know you at the hotel that you just left? Maybe your family was there. Were they happy to say, wow, I'm so glad they're gone? Or, man, that was a great family. They always had smiles on their faces. They were a blessing. They helped people. Man, they were always courteous and looking for other people. How can we serve you? God always gives us an opportunity through patience and perseverance. We can prove who God is by trusting in his will. God will forgive us. God will trust us, and he'll give us that opportunity if we'll simply continue to move forward. I heard this last night, and we watched a video in our young adult service last night, and it talks about God's chisel. And it's a skit that's written by two gentlemen who are incredible. They, They have an incredible gift. And in this skit, one of the guys, he's standing there, and he says, God, I want you to mold me and make me into whoever. Lord, whatever it takes, mold me into this person. And all of a sudden, the other actor comes on and he, he says, whoa, and it's God. And as he's walking through this process and he's talking, he shared this incredible statement. And I believe that this statement needs to be understood here. First of all, we produce who we are. Everything that God produces is done perfect, and what did he say at the end? It is good. God never produces junk, ever. You are not junk, therefore you're not created to produce junk. You're good, you're created to produce good. No matter what you've done in your past, listen, you're not fooling God. He knows about it. And I will tell you this, the song that we sang tonight said, it it used the word shame. And then it said, in the presence of God, 
I will tell you this, there is not a person in this world that you would rather have find you in the worst position than God himself. Because he is the one person who will truly love you for who you are and give you exactly what you need. Listen, it's about trusting in what God's doing. No matter what you do, no matter what you did today, we're going to thank God because tomorrow morning you're going to have an opportunity to wake up and become who God created you to be. To be successful, to be blessed, to be a blessing to others, to serve others, to have a heart that says, I want to help you. The world says it's all about me. God says it's all about serving you. Let's have a heart to honor God. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes.